I'm Chris Carter. This is the Locked On Steelers podcast. Your Pittsburgh Steelers got a big, much-needed win. We'll talk about how they did it, the best elements of it, what's coming next, especially with how they're going to have to keep using Mason Rudolph and the playoff scenarios. All that and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code law lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Happy New Year, everyone. It is now officially 2024, and I'm, I'm coming at you talking about a Steelers win. They're second in a row, and they're second in a row with 30 or more points scored. They beat the Seattle Seahawks 30 to 23. We did, we had a reaction show, but we got to go back over some of the things that I was just looking back at this offense and what they did very well. And full credit to the offense as a whole for being an efficient unit, for moving the ball, for possessing the ball, for playing the style of football we have talked about them needing to play all season long. Yes, you wish it would have come much earlier. Yes, you wish that things would have come together sooner, but this is a must-win game, and you saw it come together. Najee Harris, 27 carries, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. Jalen Warren, 13 carries, 75 yards, another touchdown. Altogether, then with Mason Rudolph's quarterback sneaks, they got over 200 yards rushing in this game, 202 exactly. Huge effort from this Steelers offense to make that happen. And on the, on the other side, Mason Rudolph. Extremely efficient, 18 of 24, 274 passing yards, no touchdowns, but no interceptions, 112.2 as a passer rating, second straight start where he's had over 100, uh, had over 110 as a passing passer rating. He had 124 last week. Um, and then, of course, George Pickens, can't ignore him. All in all, this was the kind of balanced Steelers offense that we've been saying that the potential was there for. But you needed a few things to go right. You needed chemistry with this offense. You needed synergy between these players. You needed competent quarterback play. You needed an offensive line that could dominate the line of scrimmage. And when those things happen, you're getting 30-point performances. And I think that's a really good sign for the Steelers moving forward uh, that if they can find a way to replicate this again next week against the Ravens and if they make the playoffs, we'll talk about playoff scenarios in a bit. Don't worry, we're getting there. This team can be competitive. Now, granted, the Bengals and the Seahawks, not anywhere near a premier defenses, so don't get ahead of yourself and think that they're about to score 30 points on everybody. But this kind of efficiency counts. The Steelers possessed the ball for over 37 minutes, holding the Seahawks to having the ball less than 23 minutes in this game. That's a big part of why the defense was, was able to kind of make, make the plays that it did make even while it was struggling against the Seahawks offense that was finding answers. And credit, credit to Geno Smith. He played a pretty strong game. He had a pass rating of 106.9. Threw a touchdown. It was a very elusive in the pocket. Did a really good job keeping, keeping the game alive for the Seahawks for, for much of the game. And DK Metcalf, definitely a talented guy. Had over 100 yards receiving in the game. 
But when the offense continues to convert and they keep themselves out there and they keep themselves the, the defense on the sidelines, it limits how many times they have to go back out. The defense has to go back out there. All in all, the Seahawks had four first half possessions, five second half possessions. How many times have we you've been talking about you know opponents' offenses having like 14 to 15 possessions in a game, and that's how many chances uh and then and all the chances that it gives opponents, and sometimes even in those games, the Steelers defense still holding it together and not letting them score uh more than 20 points. I think it's it's been a while since you could say that. But when I look at this at this performance and what you saw here, you saw an offensive line that was bullying people off the ball, Broderick Jones mauling people like the way that we thought he would, James Daniels creating space, Isaac Sayamalo creating space, Dan Moore getting to the second level and making some good blocks, especially on Jalen Warren's touchdown. Heck, you saw George Pickens blocking on Jalen Warren's touchdown run right ahead of the end zone. This team has found its, its stride a bit here. And I think that that's the thing here is that this was a team that you, we've been talking about. Can they find their identity? Can they find their identity? They they found it, at least in these last two games. Najee Harris has over 200 yards combined in his last two his last two starts. And you can see the offense finding ways to feed off of it. Guys breaking open. Heck, on, on the last drive of the game when the Steelers needed to move the chains a couple of times to run out the clock, first play, the Seahawks, they're crowding the line of scrimmage. Why? Because they know the Steelers want to be able to run with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. So what did Mason Rudolph do? Just two steps back, waited for Pickens to run his slant. They knew that the corner had to give him a cushion because he had to respect him. Hit the slant, 10 yards, first down. Change, changes everything. And eventually Najee Harris breaks the run that he could have taken for a touchdown, but he slid down to close out the game. Being a selfless player in that moment, making the smart play for his team. And again, Jalen Warren, a bad man too. Both of those guys should be on Kyle Brandt's uh, uh, angry runs on NFL Network this week because both of them were running angry. They were bowling people over. They were stiff-arming guys left and right. And this was the kind of bully ball we talked about that they needed to play all year, and we're finally seeing it from the Steelers team. I think also the demeanor in this game, because you saw some chippiness from the Seahawks and, and the Steelers a little bit but you saw the Seahawks were like really quick to to kind of rise up in, in frustration and, and, and anger after some plays. And I think it's because the Steelers were taking it to them and letting them know. Because one thing, it wasn't just that they were being more physical. It was that they were talking to them. You could see, and especially with Devin Bush, you could see the Steelers just kind of going at him quite a bit. Broderick Jones, who never even played with Devin Bush. There were some blocks where he was just letting, he's like, he would just walk right up to him and kind of look down at him because he's like a foot taller. And just being like just a reminder of like what what we're about to do to you for the rest of this game. That's the kind of goons that Mike Tomlin told Keanu Benton he wants to build this team into. That's the kind of effort. That's the kind of tenacity. That's the kind of identity you, that he wanted to see this team have. The team that's gonna that's, that's gonna win the fight every game, and that will help them win as many games as they as they can. And again, Steelers now nine and seven, guaranteed to have a winning year, and. There and that's with just now finding out, I think, who they are on offense. I think that this is an offense that you know we talked, we asked last week, could this be replicated? This would be a road game, this would be a loud environment, this would be the 12s and all those things. Well, they went and did that. And this was, you know, it's not an official playoff game, but this was very much a playoff game. 
The Seahawks needed to win because they were in the hunt for the playoffs. And the Steelers needed to win because they were in the hunt for the playoffs. So this was a must-win game for both sides. And the Steelers came out on top. A really good sign for them. And Mason Rudolph, my opinion, he's earned he's earned the the game he's earned the game ball the the starting ball the starting call until he proves otherwise. And I know I said last week, if Kenny Pickett's a hundred percent, you start him. I don't even know about that this week. I'll get more into that a part of my opinion here and my read on the Pittsburgh Steelers right now here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Stick with us. We got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy, spl- fantasy fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks and all these different lineups that you have to get right and get lucky on just to get a little bit of winnings, Prize Picks lets you get rack up your winnings by just looking at two to six players player projections and guessing more or less on those player stat projections that Prize Picks give you. It's that simple. Hit on those projections, and you can watch your winnings roll in. PrizePix is a fun new daily fantasy platform that you that everyone needs to play right now. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball with, with what's called the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that allows two or more players from different sports or league. For example, if LeBron James and Travis Kelsey combined for a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made in receptions, that means if you'd say more or less than that combined number of 10.5 uh, three-pointers made by LeBron James and, and receptions made by Travis Kelsey, you can see your winnings roll in at Prize Picks. And Prize Picks gives you a reboot policy that allows your entries to stay in place even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL and college, college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. PrizePix offers weekly promotions. Get on all of them right now. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. That's prizepix.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our discussion about the Steelers win. We got to focus on Mason Rudolph for a bit because I wanted to talk about the offense and give them their just due from the lines, the receivers, to the tight end, to the the running backs, to to Mason Rudolph, and especially Mason Rudolph. This is a guy who, again, I I, I said this, um, I said this in training camp, uh, you know, before, not even about his talent, but about his character. This is a guy who never pouted, he never whined, he never complained. He just did what he was asked to do and, and stuck with it. He, and yeah, he looked for free agency at the end of, at the, at the, you know, going into this season, didn't work out, came back to the team. And you know what? The Steelers are probably thinking, thank goodness he did because he's been, he's given them their most consistent quarterback play that they've seen all season. And I say it now. I said this last week that I would, that I thought that if Kenny Pickett was hundred percent healthy, that Mason Rudolph you know, she should go back to number two. Kenny Pickett be number one until Mason Rudolph's train slows down. I don't. I don't think the Steelers can. 
it had been one thing if it was just one fluke performance and then Mason Rudolph stunk it up in, the, in this game against the Seahawks. Then it would have been like, okay, we can see something there. But that's not that's that's not what happened. Sure, he didn't light it up with touchdowns and everything like that, but you know what? They put up 30 points, and a, but a big part of it was his ability to hang in the pocket, take what's there, read the defense, make smart throws, and he missed on some. But you know he missed enough on on some. Uh, he missed enough on some, but getting him on the target just enough that guys like Deontay Johnson and and George Pickens can snag down some of those passes and some key third downs. The Steelers on the day were six of thirteen on third downs, not fifty percent, but very doggone close. Four hundred and sixty-eight yards of total net offense. Two hundred and sixty-six of that came through the air. Two hundred two on the ground. And again, no turnovers. Huge. And listen, I'm a person who, as y'all know, I covered Kenny Pickett in college. I think that I, I think that he's a good dude, and I think that he has potential to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But even with even with all that, with my knowledge and my history and my connection with Kenny Pickett, there, I'm not taking the ball out of Mason Rudolph's hands. Nope. And he was made in, and, and Kenny Pickett was made inactive for this game, which is a big question as to why was he inactive and not just the second quarterback. Now you can say maybe he wasn't healthy, maybe he was healthy, who knows? But certainly there, there'll be some questions to see how he handles this week. Mike Tom wasn't was non-committal after the game. He was just about who should be the quarterback moving forward, or who will be the quarterback moving forward. And I think he rightfully said, you know what, we're going to soak in this win, and then we'll let you know like on. You know, when I, during during the press conference, okay, and that's and that's I think that's the smart thing to do is to not deal with it, and the Steelers will know internally. They don't have to tell us. They don't have to announce anything that boxes them in and creates some sort of narrative that that can be spun around a million times. No, just you know what, we're going in, and I think what they're what they're going to do is the right thing. They're going to let Mason Rudolph continue this run, and if the run ends this week, oh well. But you got to give it a shot, and if Kenny Pickett's healthy enough, and he can he can be he can come off the bench, and you know if Mason Rudolph struggling, he comes in and he changes things. Great, awesome. But the bottom line is, you, you go with the guy that that's that's been getting you there. And you know, a thirty-four point performance last week, it was impressive to see, and it was welcomed because of the results that it brought. But it wasn't necessarily needed to beat the Bengals in, in that situation you, because they only had 11 points in the first place. Still, you know, again, very much helped. I'm not saying it wasn't helpful. But I'm I'm saying that to say they needed 30 points in this game. They needed to have a lead on the Seahawks to close this out. If this is a typical Steelers offense the way it was for most of the season, the Seahawks win this game. And then the Steelers all of a sudden are 8-8. Eight and eight. Everyone's questioning everything. Everyone's looking at all the, the crazy playoff scenarios that still exist. But that didn't happen. Why? Because the offense scored. And Mason Rudolph, he managed it. It's like what Jenna Harner and I said on Friday. I'm, I'm not asking Mason Rudolph or really any of the Steelers quarterbacks to be superstars from the Steelers. I'm asking them, go out there, make the right decisions. Put the ball in the right places. Read the defense. Don't try to be spectacular. Don't try to create something too extra. Do your job. Make your reads. Make the throws. That's what Mason Rudolph's doing right now for the most part, man. 
And is he perfect? Nope. He misses some passes too. But you know what? He's as good as they've had. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. But you cannot break up any of the flow that you've had on offense willingly because you haven't had any flow on offense. It's been terrible. Now all of a sudden they're putting up points. It's going to be interesting to see that. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the defensive side of the ball. I thought they held it together as well as they could uh, with the injuries. The Seahawks, not a dumb coach team. Pete Carroll's a good coach. He, he attacked the middle part of the field. He, he put the stress on the Steelers off-ball linebackers, but the rest of the Steelers' defense did just enough, especially in, in crucial situations, to win it. They, they held the Seahawks to just three of nine on third downs. That was pretty big by itself because, again, it stops the, stops the Seahawks from getting longer drives. And even while T.J. Watt's getting held left and right and tackled right in front of officials and nothing's happening, Guys like Nick Herbey are fighting through it. Again, that's something that they didn't have last year. They have real depth edge rusher. And I think that you look at what they were able to do in this game. Joey Porter Jr. early on, DK Metcalf was getting the better of him. But as the game went on, he started to feel him out, started to see where he was going. And that last fourth down or last uh, last red zone uh, trip um, by the Seahawks, they tried going after him twice, like once on first down, one on third down. First down, he knocked away. Third down, they threw it, and they tried to fit it to DK Metcalf. And Metcalf, it did bounce off his hands, but Joey Porter had pinned him so far to the sideline that he was going to catch that out of bounds. I look at this Steelers defense and think they can, if they can get back Minka Fitzpatrick, if they can get back Alandon Roberts, they can get back to being a better unit. But as it stands right now, they're going to need more performances from this offense, like it ha- like they've gotten the last the last couple of weeks here, if they want to pull if they want to keep pulling games out. But I'm saying games out when really there's only one game left on the regular season schedule, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. And there's other games the Steelers have to be concerned about. And now we actually have the schedule so that we can look at it and see just what the, what's going to happen next weekend if the Steelers want to be able to make make the playoffs. We'll talk about all the scenarios they need to happen, the likelihood of it, my thoughts on that, and more here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. Still got a lot to discuss. But first, we are we also want to remind you we're sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sports book in America. Get ready for the for the NFL playoffs with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right, 150 bucks just uh, just right right from the right from your right from your uh your FanDuel account if uh, if you just hit a $5 money line bet. All if, all if you pick the right team to win. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. I want to let y'all know I made my first ever bet on FanDuel on a FanDuel on sportsbook, any sportsbook ever with FanDuel Sportsbook before the season. And I put it down that the Steelers would hit their over in eight and a half expected wins because Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons and he still doesn't. And lo and behold, I won my first sportsbook bet. Win your first sportsbook bet, and you get $150 back in bonus bets. If you go to FanDuel Sportsbook right now by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on to get ready for the NFL playoffs and make sure you take advantage of the offer you won't want to miss. Again, 
That's hitting any $5 money line bet. You get $150 back in bonus bets when you sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOnFanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter. Again, Happy New Year, everybody! We'll dive more into the, the, the tape study and all of the other things when we do our grades. So, apologize that we don't have more in depth talk about that in the game, but it's New Year's, y'all. I'm actually recording this literally after the ball drop. I took a break in between uh, doing all my shows. I did a the reaction episode, then I did the North Shore Drive podcast with the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and I wanted to take some time to celebrate with my fiance the New Year, take it in, and just you know kind of chill inside, not do anything crazy. So I'm recording this literally uh, 1 a.m. in the morning. So I hope I hope y'all are uh, appreciating this on your day off and enjoying some New Year's uh, chilling or maybe some New Year's food and stuff uh, at home. But as you're doing that, let's talk about these playoff scenarios. So going into the, the, the day yesterday, the Steelers had about a 12, according to the playoff calculator from the New York Times, the Steelers had about a 12% chance at making the playoffs. After the one o'clock slate of games, that, that percentage dropped down to 9% because pretty much Everything the Steelers needed to happen didn't happen outside of the Ravens beating the Dolphins and now the Ravens not having anything to really play for in this next week. But the uh, the Bills beat the Patriots, and the Patriots made it close. It was a six-point game, but the Bills pulled, pulled it out. The Texans beat the Titans down badly, 26-3. to It was ugly. The Jaguars beat the Panthers, 26 to nothing. That was ugly. And the Colts just beat the Raiders, 23-20. to all three of those AFC talent teams, if any one of those teams lose, it gives the Steelers a big boost in their chances to make the playoffs. It didn't happen, and that's unfortunate for the Steelers. Now, the one thing I guess that did happen later in the game, uh, later in the day, uh, the Bengals lost. It really wouldn't have you know, hurt the Steelers too much if they had won because they're behind the Steelers, but the Bengals losing now clinches that they're going to be in last place of the division, and they're eliminated from the playoffs. So at least that's one team that you don't have to – worry about in the fray so now after all the things that have happened the Steelers have won all those teams have won or lost the Steelers current percentage on the playoff calculator is 29 percent so you have a three and ten chance of the Steelers making the playoffs now th- right right now but doesn't sound great but I think that that percentage maybe should be a little bit higher if the Ravens really do rest most of their starters. And I talked about this with Kevin Ostriker, uh, who's the host of Locked On Ravens. We'll do our crossover Thursday episode later this week. Um, also, that game, by the way, is, is Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Mark it down. It's not a Sunday game, so get ready because that's where you're going to want to watch. And then all the games they need to pay attention to are going to happen after that. So whew, talk about stress for Steelers fans. But um, – as it stands right now, the Ravens have nothing to play for. They have clinched the one seed. That's what you wanted them to do. Uh, I, I think that, and I talked to Kevin Ostriker, blocked on Ravens, and he said he feels, you know, just thinking, just thinking it over. You know, I think he thinks the Ravens are going to try to arrest their guys because they're a beat up football team. Kyle Hamilton's dealt with injuries. Patrick Queen was dealing with injuries during the game. They're, they want their starters to be fully healthy, and they they don't want them to be, you know, to to lay down because they know the Steelers are their rivals. And actually, I do think the Ravens are probably don't want to see the Steelers in the playoffs. Why? Because the Steelers have beaten the Ravens six of the last seven times. So like they're probably going to, they're going to try to win this game. It's not like they're going to just lay down for them. But if you're the Ravens and you look at how your roster has been decimated with injuries at different points this year, you look across the NFL and all the teams are decimated from injuries. Heck the Lamar Jackson is the only AFC North starting quarterback from the start of the season who is left standing right now. 
that's how crazy it is. And if I'm the Ravens, I'm protecting Lamar Jackson because the Steelers are the one defense that plays them tough every every, every single time they, they play. And the last thing you need is T.J. Watt or Cam Hayward or even Nick Herbig and Alex Highsmith now, you know, go, coming after him and hitting him and his, his hand gets tweaked the wrong way. And then all of a sudden, he's not the same player anymore. You got the guy who's probably going to win the NFL MVP. Protect him. I think the Ravens will protect a lot of their key players, and that will give us Steelers the chance to kind of beat up on some backups in, in this game. Won't be easy. Won't be something easy because, again, the Steelers went up against this in 2019 uh, in the year without Ben Roethlisberger, and they lost with Devlin Hodges. Crazy enough, that was another year Mason Rudolph could have started that game if he didn't get hurt the week before. Um, so with that being said, let's explore the, the the multiple avenues the Steelers have with potentially you know making the playoffs here. As I said, it's about 29% or so that they can make the playoffs. But if the Steelers beat the Ravens, uh, the Ravens and most likely their backups, um, the Steelers' chances, according to the calculator, jumps to 73%. Looking at looking at the numbers, and then if the Steelers win, it comes down to one of two factors being needed. It it would require it doesn't require both of these. It requires either of these, and that would be the Jaguars losing to the Titans in Tennessee, and the, the Titans have been struggling lately. The, the Jaguars uh, had been struggling, but they but they beat down a Panthers team. This could be a chance for them to finish strong against the Titans team that has just looked downtrodden and beaten all year long. So let's say the Jaguars win that game because it's tough there. Then it all comes down to the Bills at the Dolphins, which will be the final game of the regular season, Sunday night football. It could very well come down to to Steelers fans having to stay up late and watch that game. The Dolphins are, are hosting. The Dolphins got dismantled this past week by the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 56 to 19. Um, and that was, again, this was why you kind of wanted that. And even though the Bills lost or Bills won this week and losing would have helped the Steelers and actually would have given them a chance to just be in the playoffs with a win, the Bills winning now makes that a must-win game for the Dolphins. Why? Yes, they're in the playoffs, but they need to win their division. If they don't win their division, if they don't win this game, they lose the division to the Bills, they have to go on the road. And I believe if that was to happen, they would be the five, the sixth seed, and that would pit them against the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. While the Chiefs aren't dangerous this year, the Chiefs are uh, the Chiefs have beaten them in Arrowhead this season, and you don't want to do that, especially when you're, if you're Miami, you've been good this year. You're the team that can make people come to you, so you want to win a game at home against your division rival. And there's a chance that if they beat the Bills, the Bills might be out of the playoffs if the Steelers handle their business. So they're probably thinking, you got to play. you got to play to win. So the, it might all come down to that there. And, again, it's an either-or situation if the Steelers win. They just need the Titans to beat the Jaguars or the Dolphins to beat the Bills. Those two things happen. The, the Steelers win, and one of those two things happen. The Steelers are in the playoffs for sure for a third time in four years. But let's say the Steelers don't beat the Ravens. You think that they're probably out. They're actually not. Um, now, it would require some crazy luck as it stands right now. Um the New York Times playoff calculator count puts it at 20%. If the Steelers lose, they'd have a 20% chance of making the playoffs, which is kind of crazy because it's only about 7% less or 8% less the way it is right now. Um, but looking at it, what they would need to happen is they would need both two things to happen, not just one of two things, but two things to happen. They would need the Jaguars to still lose to the Titans because the Jaguars would fall out of, out of contention there. And then they would need the Broncos to beat 
the Raiders. And if they did that, if those two things happen, if the Titans won at home against the Jaguars and the Broncos won on the road against the Raiders, that would that would eliminate both those teams, the Jaguars and the Ra- and, and the Raiders. Wouldn't matter who wins, Texans or Colts, the loser of that team would fall off out of the playoff picture, and the Steelers would grab onto the seventh seed and find a way into the playoffs. That would be crazy to do with a loss, but you don't want to back into the playoffs. You want to win, and again. The winning is the part of this that I think is very, very interesting. Also, I should say this too. There is the off chance that if the Colts and Texans tie, the Steelers are actually also in the playoffs because neither of those teams would have a good enough record, a good as good as a record if the Steelers win. Um, so the Steelers win and those two teams tie and those two teams play the night after the night uh, of the Steelers game. Uh, that's another way they can make the playoffs. But again, let's look at the reality here. Titans. Beating the Jag, beating the Jaguars, or Dolphins beating the Bills. Those are your two tickets you want to be punched if you're a, if you're a Steelers fan uh, looking for this team to make to make the playoffs here. Um, and, and and let's be real too, because if they make the playoffs here, so you're you're in this you're in this situation now, and you're looking to see okay, well, who could they play if they make the playoffs? Well, there's really a three team option here for them to play because they'd either be the sixth or the seventh seed. If they're the sixth seed, they're most they're, they're, they're going to be playing the Kansas city chiefs. They're the three seed this year. They've clinched their division. That'll, that'll be that if, but they can also play either of the AFC East teams because based off of who wins uh, their, their matchup. Now, um, if the, if the dolphins beat the bills and the, um, and the Jaguars beat the Titans. The Steelers would be the seventh seed because they have a better conference record than the Bills, and the Bills will be pushed out of the playoffs. That means the Steelers would be at the seventh seed going to the Dolphins, um, and then the uh, the winner of the texans Colt game would be the sixth seed there. But that means if the Steelers could play the Dolphins in that scenario. But let's say the Jaguars lose their game to the Titans, and the Dolphins still win. Well, then the Steelers would be the sixth seed. They'd be going on the road to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. The Bills would be the seventh seed. They'd get a rematch with the Dolphins in that situation. So that's another playoff scenario. Now let's get even crazier here. Let's Because if, if, if you also look at it, if the Bills win, remember, if the Bills win, the Steelers could still make the playoffs if the uh if the, the titans and the jaguar if the titans beat the jaguars in that scenario the bills would win the afc east they'd be the second seed and the steelers would be the uh actually wait a minute let me do something here because i'm missing something mm, okay yeah because the bills the bills beat the chiefs earlier this year right so in this scenario if the bills beat the dolphins and they won the division even if the chiefs win the chiefs or the, the steelers would travel to play the bills in that situation um, because the Bills beat the Chiefs and they would be the two seeds. So um, that would be that's that's three different scenarios that you have there. Um, yeah, looking at looking at this, it looks like all 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 roads point to the Steelers playing either the Dolphins, the Chiefs, or the Bills uh, in in the playoffs if they were to get their scenarios to fall for them. So a lot of crazy things there. But the bottom line, Steelers have to win their game against the Ravens. We'll see how many of the backups that they actually play. Um, and if they're, if they'll try to, if they'll put everything in how much Lamar Jackson will play, that'll determine a whole lot, but it, they must win. And then if they win, they need the Titans to beat the Jaguars or the Dolphins to beat the Bills. 
That is the bottom line. We'll explore more of this as the week goes on. I'm Chris Carter of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in on, on, on your New Year's Day. Hope that you had a great, happy New Year's celebration. Uh, hope that you have a great start to your 2024 season I'm or 2024 year. I'm going to go get some sleep and then try to get back up and get things going uh, for my 2024 year. But again, Happy New Year from the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks to everyone who's, who wrote with us throughout 2023. And thanks to all those who continue writing with us into 2024. I'm Chris Carter. Follow me at Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, postaskgazette.com. Find me here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Monday through Friday, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 